The Systems, Strategy and Soul podcast is recorded on Ngunnawal country. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to the System, Strategy and Soul podcast with Bree Boucher. I'm an online business manager and strategist who works with overworked, burnt out coaches and course creators, helping them to manage and implement system strategy and soul into their businesses. Join me each week right here where we dive into a new subject or topic that will help you to leave the hustle behind so you can flow through your day with system strategy and soul. You're listening to the Launch Secret Series, where I, Brie Boucher, interview fellow introverts who share their secrets to launching, some of their launch mistakes, and what they've learned along the way. Let's dive in. All right, today I'm speaking with Sky Warren. Sky is the New York Times bestselling author of Dangerous Romance. Her books have sold over 1 million copies. She makes her home in Texas with her loving family, sweet dogs, and evil cat. (laughs) It's so funny that you have an evil cat. Oh my goodness, what's your evil cat's name? Emma, which is completely incongruous to her personality. So <laughs> we didn't know her. We just thought she was a sweet kitten. So we named her Emma. That's so cute. <laughs> How funny. Oh, Sky, it's so great to have you on the podcast today. Now, I'm going to ask a few like icebreaker questions. But before I get into it, I'd love for you to just like in your words, tell us who you are and what you're about. Yeah, thank you so much, Brie, for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm glad to be here talking about systems and launching and being an introvert, which I definitely am. So I've actually been an author for, I just hit my 10-year published anniversary from publishing my first book. So it's been a while. Being an author is interesting. When I say author, a lot of people think nonfiction, but it's actually fiction. So primarily the sales happen with the books themselves versus like some sort of course on the back end or something like that. And generally writing and releasing a lot more books than you would in nonfiction. So I write romance and I write genre fiction. And I think that a lot of people view writing as a solitary job, and it is, because we spend most of our time at home essentially writing, or even if we're doing business stuff, we're kind of in our homes. But when we do get together, it's pretty intense. Like we either have conferences, writing retreats, or we have book signings, and these kind of book signings are huge. Like I'm going to one in I think June or July, that is probably going to be like a thousand people with like lots of authors and lots of readers. So, you know, it's very interesting, like the challenges for being introverts. Um, In addition to writing, which is my primary business, I also do work with other authors on how to do Facebook ads for their books, because that's something that I am really passionate about. So yeah, that's me. That's interesting. Yeah, cool. That's so, it's so cool to like talk to someone in a whole different like world, but still like in an online kind of business space in a way, you know, like you. Yeah, it's completely similar, but also dissimilar in certain ways. I kind of think of it as like we have a product business, but it has no overhead because most of our books are sold ebook. And then even the ones that are sold print is usually handled by a distributor. So I don't have to like stock inventory in my house, but I'm still a product business. That's cool. So cool. All right. Well, before we get into like some deeper questions, let's start off with the surface level stuff. So what's your Myers-Briggs profile? Because I'm an INFJ. I am an INTP, which this says is logician, which is very correct because before I became an author, I actually majored in computer science and I was a programmer. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Amazing. (laughs) 
Um, like, how do you think that, like, being an introvert shows up in, like, your business and how you kind of, you know, write and all of that sort of stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, I think I'm going deeper into understanding the parts of my personality as I've gotten older, because, you know, early I knew that I was an introvert and that being around people was draining and things like that. But I didn't really know how to do it other than to just sort of throw myself into it and know that I was going to collapse after it's mm. taken a lot of work to try to figure out how I can still participate in things, but do it on my level. Like one of the yeah. things, a really small example is that like, when I go to conferences, when I first started, I would go to everything from like morning to night, they always have something. And I would attend everything. Cause I'm like, I'm here. I want to maximize what I'm doing. You know, I've spent the time and the money to be here. I want to maximize it. And slowly I learned that that was really a way to just burn out really quickly and not yeah. really worth anything and how much time I would need in recovery after a conference was not worth it. So like now, if I attend a conference, I'm going to get at, like one of my issues is chronic depression. And so I know I, I require more sleep than I used to or than, than really most people. And so I will give myself that sleep even when I'm at a conference and I'll say, if I can attend one thing that would be worth it to me. And that's kind of how I make my decisions and understand my own limitations that way, but it's not necessarily make it so that, oh, well, I just won't even go because I can't do everything, you know? Mm, yeah. So that's one of the things, but it's funny because, so actually a couple of years ago, I started trying to hire like full-time staff for my business. And I was talking to my husband who worked at a company and he had a you know big team of programmers, actually. We both went to the same computer science school in college. And also we went to the same high school and had the same computer science teacher who convinced us both that this would be a good career. He had this test that he would give his employee, prospective employees that would tell him all about this person's personality. It wasn't the same thing as the 16 personalities, but it was a different just like proprietary test. And one of the things it measured was introversion and extroversion. And it gave a scale. And mm -hmm. I was a one out of a hundred of being towards introvert. And he literally looked at that and said, I have never seen that before. And this guy only was testing programmers who are known for being introverts. So wow. I just had had to set boundaries that are just, I mean, unlike what I see other people doing. So that's what makes you feel weird and having to really acknowledge, well, this is who I am and mm. I have to make it for me, even if yeah. everyone doesn't do it like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think like boundaries are huge. Like when you kind of just allow yourself to set them firstly, like that can make such a difference. And like you said, just, you know, not comparing yourself to what other people are doing is huge. And yeah, I think, you know, you also said like that, you've identified that you need a lot of sleep and then I've noticed that like introverts need more sleep than extra extroverts and so like just knowing that about yourself can make a huge difference and just allowing yourself to have that extra sleep you know I think as you know you're growing up you kind of get told you're not allowed to sleep in for ages or like all of that sort of stuff but you know I guess it's one of the joys of having your own business you can kind of like set your own hours and and sleep in longer if you, you know if you need to and yeah it's just a matter of like allowing yourself that time to recharge and so I guess that like leads me to one of my other questions it's like how do you re-energize or recharge what's your favorite way to do that I do actually take this is this might be like a little bit simple what you're thinking than what hmm. you were talking about I don't know but to me, I actually take like multiple baths per day because it's just my mm. time to be alone. And like from a yeah. sensory perspective, it just resets me. Walks, I don't like stay near my phone necessarily, or I don't feel like obligated to answer things. And, and that is, you know, and that's part of it as well. 
my dogs do help me because for whatever, why is it that they don't impact your introversion? I don't know, but they don't, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Like I could stay around dogs for a long time, a lot longer yeah. than people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but but I think it was hard, you know, what you're saying, like it's so it sounds so simple. Give yourself the time that you need and the space that you need. And we all, I think, acknowledge we should do it. But doing it is so hard. I remember when I started doing it, I would have to tell myself and other people if they would ask, you know, hey, what are you doing? Why can't you come to lunch or whatever? I would, I would give excuses like, oh, I'm going to like take a nap. I'm so lazy. I would just like say things like disparaging. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, oh, it's kind of a joke, but it's kind of real. And, you know, and, and training myself out of that has been hard, even when I was like giving myself space, but still sort of secretly berating myself for it, you know, to really accept that like, this is what I need. And that's okay. It's not a bad thing about me. Yes. Yeah. And I feel the same about like, you know, watching TV or, you know, reading books, that's the way I re-energize. I need that time to like dissociate from whatever's going on in my brain because my brain just ticks over a lot or otherwise. And so for me, I need that time to stop thinking and stop being with other people and like, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So I'm reading yeah. is such an interesting extra layer because I'm an author. And so sometimes I read and I can't lose the fact that I'm an author. It's kind of like a carpenter looking over a table. Like you're going to be thinking how about, about how this was made. Yeah. And sometimes I read for like the escape that I had before I was a writer, you know? Yeah. And then that's only fiction and then nonfiction is sort of another thing, which I, can, I don't really feel escapism when I'm reading nonfiction. I'm just reading to like learn, yeah. you know, like usually yeah, it pumps sure. up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, I mean, I spent a lot of time reading, which I can sort of, again, I can sort of jokingly be like, ha ha ha, it's for my job. It's research. Um, but exactly, <laughs> which it kind of is, but also kind of isn't. It's also just something I did well before I ever wrote anything. Yeah. I'm interrupting this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, the launch Like an Introvert Starter Pack. Download this template pack from my shop today and get instant access to an Asana, Airtable or ClickUp launch project planner, a launch calculator and a debrief tracker. Available now. All right. Well, let's start talking about like, you know, you as a writer and like how that sort of evolved and maybe starting off with like, because this, you know, this series that I'm, that we're doing as a podcast is all about like launching businesses or programs or, you know, products. So I'm curious to know, like, yeah, how, how do you launch a book? What happens with that? <laughs> yeah. So I love launches. And the funny thing is that in the book space, there's this kind of push that's been going on for a few years to like, that's anti-launch, like just throw your book out there. It'll make money on the back, like, you know, sort of quietly on the back end and that will be fine. And that's all you need. But to me, when I look at my numbers, launches are a huge part of that. And I can still get the back end, but I can also get the front end and the specifically the front end of a launch. You know, there's a few elements that make it special that you can't ever reproduce with like sort of slow dripping ads or anything like that. And one is influencers and influencers in general like things that are new and current and fresh. So it does happen occasionally where an influencer will pick up like an old book and talk about it and it will become huge again. That does happen, especially now it's TikTok. But for the most part, most influencers are there to say, I just discovered this, right? Mm. And they, that's part of, you know, what they do. They're early adopters and, you know, early adopters like to adopt things that are early. They don't like to be the last on the, on the page. For so, sure. so influencers are a big part of my strategy, both for releasing books and also for releasing my courses for authors. They're just different kinds of influencers. I also have a subscription box and we use influencers there too. So uh, they're all different kinds of influencers, but the same idea applies, which is that if you have a product 
that is interesting and fun enough that if you give it to them and they're going to be excited and tell people about it, like that's, that's the core essence of, you know, there's a million ways to do it with like affiliate programs and, you know, where you pay them or you give them product. Like there's a million ways to actually implement it. But the fundamental idea is get something, you know, create something that will genuinely, they would genuinely be excited about and then let them have it. Mm. So that applies in all of my, all areas of my business. And it only can work on new releases. And while we're still talking about influencers, what I've noticed in like Amazon recently is like the title name is like TikTok made me buy it. <laughs> and uh-huh. then the rest of the names there, I'm like, all right, if it's got TikTok makes me, you know, made me want to buy it, I'm going to want to buy it too. And so like even just having that title on like an Amazon platform would just be like- Oh yes, that's what I was actually going to say. It's just the way that it builds. Mm. Um, past what I am spending. So like, let's say if I'm running Facebook ads and I can, you know, let's, let's say a dollar a sale, I can spend a dollar and get a sale on a book. And so I start doing that during backlist. I can do that all I want. I continue to get those results. But Mm -hmm. if I cram all of that, like ad spend and attention into one, let's say week or month or something like that, then it starts to snowball out of that sphere because then you have, then people start talking about it. And then I'm actually getting more sales for that dollar spent than if I had mm. spread them out. Yeah, right. So that's good. That's handy. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been sort of using Facebook ad to market? Yeah. So I discovered it. It was around, so I started writing publishing around 2000, late 2011. My first books published were like not a launch. Essentially. I just put it out there. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't even have a website, anything. I actually did have it under a different name that I thought was going to be my regular pen name. And I had worked with publishers on that one. And I really believed that would be my full real pen name. And I was like, let me just see, because everyone kept talking about marketing and they kept talking about discoverability. And I was like, I have these two novellas that I don't think I'll sell to publishers. What if I just put them out under another name just to see how many people buy them? And the funny thing is that when I did that, they were discovered at a very small rate and then a bigger rate. And then people started emailing. The only thing I had in the back there of the of back of the book was a Gmail. And people started emailing saying, can we have another book? People would email me and say, you should start a Facebook page. You should start a newsletter. So it happened really organically. And I attribute that to the strength of the product, which is that the reason why I knew it wouldn't sell to a publisher is because it was something that I just really wanted to read and write mm-hmm. and not necessarily what was popular. And I feel like that that readers can feel the heart in that. And so my other books that I was selling to publishers, even though I did love them, and obviously the publishers thought they were quality enough to publish them, they just didn't have my heart. So even though I put everything into them launch-wise, they never took off. And so you really do need, first of all, a product that people will love and tell their friends about in order to launch successfully. That's like requirement one, right? And then yeah. And then so, so that was in 2011. And from there, I really did focus hard on influencers. So I would reach out to book bloggers at the time as blogging was what was hot and asked them to review my book. I would reach out to social media people on Goodreads, things like that. And then around 2011, 2015, I hit a wall like with my health and I started sleeping insane hours per day, like 18 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard because I went to doctors. They were like, nothing is wrong with you. Sent me back home. I'm like, okay, but I can't work like this. I mean, my child depends on me. My family depends on me and I can't work, you know? So I was like, I was in this position where I had to figure out, you know, you're only going to be upright for two hours and then your body is going to make you lie down. What can you do during this two hours to earn what you need to earn? 
so this family can like pay the mortgage and everything. And it turned out that that thing was actually not writing, which is what a lot of people say, which is essentially product creation, like make a new product. Yeah. And, and it turned out the thing was marketing and it was specifically Facebook ads. And so I could spend those, you know, two hours, especially early on when I was learning, just answering emails, doing whatever I needed to do to keep everything afloat, running Facebook ads and then collapse. And I wasn't even writing during that time. I couldn't. And I, and it really forced me, you know, it was very do or die with Facebook ads and me, and I did, and I didn't die. So, so I do love them now. I mean, I think that they're, they're one of the, like, they also, it's, this is what's so crazy. I don't know if you, if you ever read a book called Do Less by Kate Northbrook. No, but I feel like I've heard of it. It is an interesting book. So it's worth reading. She has an interesting thing that happened to her, which is the same thing that happened to me, but for a slightly different reason, which is that the year that we were forced to work way less is the year that we made way more. Love that. And it feels, <laughs> yeah, it feels so backwards. We're like, no, yeah. that can't be right. We were working our butts off before all these hours, you know, very serious work, how like in order to earn more, we would have had to work more. Right. But it's actually less. And it really forces you to narrow down your, your, priorities. You know, if you mm. really, that you have to stop in two hours and you don't even have the option to continue, it's not a question of willpower. It's not a question of losing sleep. You will have to stop for some reason in two hours and you must make in my, at the time for me, it was like $500 and you must make $500 in two hours. What do you do? You know? Yeah. And so that's how I learned it. And then from there, I was able to go from five figures to six figures and then to seven figures. So I just, it never would have happened without Facebook ads. Honestly, you know, I love, I still love influencer marketing and I still use it. It's especially great when you don't have any income yet. So you can don't yeah. have anything to put back into your ads. So it's definitely where I recommend people start, but there's a lot of power in Facebook ads. I think in particular, the important thing you didn't really ask me this part, but I'll just say the important thing that I feel about Facebook ads is that they can be profitable all on their own. You can spend a dollar and make $2, right? Which Mm. is very powerful. And I think that some people still go into it thinking Facebook ads is kind of like Instagram. Like you just have to do it. You have Mm. to spend some money in there. Yeah. Everyone's doing it and you have to be seen or something like that. And they aren't really tracking it. So they don't really know if it's profitable or not. But the reality is that if you could run profitable ads and most, and you know, a lot of us can, then you're actually losing money when you don't spend it. So it's not like thing to be proud of, like, oh, I only had, you know, I only had to spend $100 on my launch this time. I'm like, well, was that profitable? Because if it wasn't, we don't need to spend it at all. But if it was, can we double down and get even Mm. better? Yeah, absolutely. I know. I love that. I love that. Cause I, I've tried Facebook ads and I've just like, you know, played with it every now and then. And I know I wasn't doing it justice. So like, I think it's one of those things that at some point I'm probably going to, you know, hire someone that knows what they're doing and kind of like, you know, does that well for me. And I think it's really important to like acknowledge where your skill set's at and you know where you can like bring other people into the mix as well because yeah like a lot of a long time I've I've sort of focused personally on like organic marketing and I think you know there comes a time when you do need to sort of reinvest into the business in order to allow it to grow otherwise it'll just like you know be about you know the time and energy that you personally can put into the business so yeah you, you know, you talked about all of that yourself just then. 
Yeah, I mean, I think even as an introvert that it's even stronger because it's like, even once I have now, now I can spend longer than two hours, you know, being vertical, but mm-hmm. it's still like, well, why would I spend it doing X, Y, Z thing? That's going to take a lot out of me when I could spend now at the time, I spend more like 15 minutes on ads a day. And, you know, so from an introvert point of view, it really works for me because I can sort of distance myself from like, I'm selling this product rather than like, I'm going on a stage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Now, one of the things I am curious about and whether or not, you know, this is something you do, but like, how do you come up with new ideas? Like, do you do market research? Like, how do you know what people want from you? You know, is the next book? You know, it's actually, usually I would say that for writers, myself, and I would say most of us, we have more ideas than we can write. Yeah is our time to like write a book because how long it takes which varies greatly per by person but mm-hmm. usually we can't get to all the ideas and that's the case for me too but that still doesn't I still have to think about sort of market research because I still have to think about out of all like you know when I when I do come up with something new or when I finish something and I'm ready to start something new I have to think okay well out of all my ideas which ones do I want to pursue yeah. knowing that I probably won't do everything you know so And that is, it's definitely a balance between what I think the market wants and what, and what I want to write, because I told you, and I think maybe, maybe if I were a different writer, if I could do things differently, it wouldn't be like that. You know, like I know some people feel like this is my passion work and this is my money work, but for me, readers really can tell if my heart is not in it and they don't want it sort of want me to cry and like bleed a little bit before, <laughs> before they're going to like my book. So yeah. I have to do it. So I sort of have to mix them, you know, because it is essentially like an art, right? Like it'd be like painting or something like that. Yeah. You, know, you, uh, you have to love the subject and the art in order to do it well, I think. So that's a tricky one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No. And I just, it was something, like I said, I was curious about, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying about like, you know, you've, you've got to write from your heart and people you know, the, the books that you started off with, they went well because they were like, people really got into them because you were writing them from your heart rather than, you know, going out, doing some market research, figuring out what people want to see or read or hear or whatever in the moment and like reverse engineering something. So it, it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a whole different world. <laughs> and that's why I wanted you on here because I wanted to like explore what that looks like. So in terms of like maybe your biggest lessons or, you know, launches that, you know, quote unquote, you felt like maybe failed or things didn't go to plan. As I say, like, I don't believe in failure. It's all an opportunity to learn and to grow. But yeah, like curious to know what that looks like for you and, and maybe like reflect on how that how you wish you'd known something differently like you know when you first started out what what would you have wished you'd known now like you know now I think it would have been because you know I've had a lot of other launches later like I have an annual event for authors I will actually I'll, I'll talk about that which is that so I I wanted to start an event for authors that were was intermediate or, or advanced and I had asked around and I was like, well, to do this properly, I would have to charge this much. And this is what it would look like. And I had people say, well, I'm not sure people will buy that because it doesn't exist on the market already. And I just was so sure that I wanted to attend this, that I did it anyway. And it did sell out and we've sold out that we're on the fifth year and, and we've sold out every year that we have had it. So that's actually a success, but I wanted to express mm-hmm. that that was coming from a place of, I want this to exist 
And that's yeah. my most important driving factor. So if I take that back to when I was writing books, well, I wrote books that I just wanted to exist. And that's what I quietly put out there under the name Skywarn, which is my current pen name, which is now my big pen name. Whereas I was giving the publishers books that they thought readers wanted. So essentially we were both trying to do that market research and give readers what we thought, you know, that, yeah. that the publishers wanted anyway. And, and they didn't work, you know, as much as we tried, as much as we all tried and put way more marketing into them, they could never do what these ones organically would do. And I think that there's just something there about the product and it's more than just having a good product. And I think it's more than just having a great product. It's really seeing a whole. And one of the ways you can see that best is by knowing that you wish that hole were filled. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you yeah. were looking for that service and it didn't exist. And then you had to figure it out yourself. Then you know that that hole exists. And I think that is going to be more powerful than anything about branding or pricing or even Facebook ads. It's that core thing, getting mm -hmm. that right. And then everything else can kind of be worked out after. Yeah, absolutely. And no, that's such a great like message that you like inherently, you kind of know what you need to produce in the world and it's going to come through, like it's coming through you for a reason, I think, you know, like, and if it's not you, someone else is probably going to come up with the similar idea and it's going to come out at some stage, you know, through them as well. So yeah, I think that's really good sort of message to leave for you know, the people that are listening here, people starting out as wanting to be, you know, authors. So thank you so much for your time, Sky. How can people find out like more about you, where you exist online, buy your books, all of the good stuff? Thank you so much for having me. I love this chat. And if you are interested in reading Dangerous Romance, you can go to skywarren.com, which is S-K-Y-E warren.com and if by chance anyone here is a genre fiction author and would like to be on my author newsletter which is specifically information for authors not about my books then you would go to skywarren.com authors amazing awesome well i'll make sure that's in the show notes because yeah hopefully there will be people both wanting to read the books and wanting to write their own books i know that like i said at the start it's something that i am curious about myself not just non-fiction but also fiction I think I'm sort of yeah exploring some options for myself too so you never know yes <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us today Sky and thank yeah you. I look forward to staying in contact with you <laughs> thanks Bree for listening to the system strategy and soul podcast with brie voucher i hope you've enjoyed this episode and i would love it so much if you would let me know by rating and reviewing it on apple podcasts leaving me a five-star review if you feel so inclined or screenshot and tag me on instagram at the so we can get this podcast into the ears of the people who need to hear it until next time this has been the system strategy and soul podcast with brie voucher